Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. with my friend and co-host Ron Baker and folks on today's show we are live from the media of demise all right how's it going Ron get a lot of energy when we, we do this live we were here what five years ago I think it was five years ago Four or five years ago before the world changed but uh, and and we changed it was that we were not even talking about the subscription economy the last time we were here I think we were barely like even scratching the surface that's right that's right we didn't talk about it but not to the depth that we're capable of talking about it today yep so here's the here's the plan folks we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the latest developments and just the overall subscription economy maybe the first 10 minutes or so of the show and then we're going to take questions from you. So have them ready. We will have microphones that you'll be able to ask us questions about this and other topics. Think of this as a live Ask Me Anything. Um, and Ron and I will opine on anything. We do mean that. So just to give us what you got. We're happy, we're happy to talk about it, business-related or otherwise. But, Ron, there's been some interesting chatter about subscription. And no, most notably, I think, the happening with NetSuite. Anybody else, guys, you see what happened with Netflix? Sorry, I have ERP on the brain. Um, Netflix, where, right? So this is a, some people are saying that this is an indication that you know maybe we've reached, reached peak subscription and people are. But Ron, what's the real story behind that? Because we did a little bit. Didn't on it. Yeah, well, the real story is Netflix question because of the Ukrainian invasion lost to seven hundred thousand subscribers. So they actually gained five hundred thousand subscribers in the first quarter this year they didn't lose now they do say they are projected to lose two million subscribers to the end of the year so there, there is a potential challenge there but they also do something interesting and one of the things that we often times will point out is netflix canceled subscribers aren't using it they just outright canceled it they'll they'll say you're not using this you stop paying us money which i think is a really interesting play um, when you're talking about subscription that they would they would go that far and say hey listen we're not we're not going to take your money if you're not going to use our service it's the exact opposite possibly not uh but uh if you are not getting value from following they the pay yeah so what else ron what, what else have you been paying attention to in this whole subscription world well it's a couple of things i mean one is if you probably noticed that there's private equity play in the top of space where you get your follow-up these private equity firms along and buying these things there's talking about this in a session that i did earlier this week and one of the 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 guy said, "Yeah, I joined it and did exactly that. I started. I would, you know, wash my car, you know, four, five times a week. Um, and then, of course, the second week it was down to four times a week, and the third week is down to two times a week, and then it's down to maybe once every two weeks." He said, "But I still keep the subscription because I get access to that lane. I don't have to. I don't have to pay. I don't have to wait. I just go right in, right out, and it's worth it just for that, even though I'm not having the car washed so often." 
So uh, I think this is a really interesting play that is it, can you develop an offering that gives top flight access to certain players, to certain customers? And that would make a, a huge shift in what you guys are doing from uh, a, an experience because you are giving them the priority. And I think that that would be something for, for us to really take a look at, seriously. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that uh, Team Zell, who's the CEO and founder of Zora, which is a software platform that runs subscription-based businesses, one of the things he predicts is five years, you won't own anything, but you'll subscribe to everything. The implementations by subscription, and it's going extraordinarily well. He's, he said he has not lost a customer that first came on with it. In fact, he's at the time of renewal. And he says that, that people are, are, are renewing without fail. And he is getting more and more conversations, key conversations with his, his key customers. He started asking a question that I highly recommend the rest of you begin to ask your customers, regardless of whether you go to subscription. And it's a really effective question. We tested this on a number of different places. And that is, tell, tell me about the decisions that you or your company need to make in the next three to six months. So nothing about what software do you need, nothing about anything like that. Just what are the decisions that your company needs to make in the next three to six months? And lo and behold, the answer to like 70% of those things, you can help with. You're going to be able to develop data for. So there's going to be things, the show notes, as well as previews, upcoming shows. Uh, we are sponsored right now by... If you need a mine, get one at 90minds.com. But right now, a word from our sponsor. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah, 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 Whatever. And four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. Have you listened to so many of my ads that it's corroded your soul? I absolutely have. What if I told you that you could listen to my voice for an entire podcast? I'd say that approximately half of the podcast is actually my voice. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. And I'm Caleb Newquist. We're launching a new podcast called Oh My Fraud. Ron and Ed explore the soul of enterprise. Caleb and I explore fraud, which is more like the herpes of enterprise. Go to wherever you get your podcasts and download Oh, oh my, my fraud. fraud. 
We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're here live at the meeting of minds, 90 minds. All right, let's hear it for 90 minds. Woo! And we're talking subscription the next, when we first started talking subscription, especially on the show in 2018, and with our colleagues and other groups that we speak to, there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of objections. And I get I struggled with this for a long time and still wrestling with it. There are many one-user questions, but there's no doubt in my mind that this is to another business model. In fact, it will be a stepping stone to another business model. But for now, our businesses are being there in things like Amazon Prime and Netflix and direct primary care physicians. And as teams always to say, your business is either expendable or you're indispensable. And I think that's a really interesting distinction. One, one quick pickup on this, Ron. I, I, I learned this yesterday uh, at a session that I was doing up, up in San Diego. Actually, the day before, I'm sorry. And uh, the, the Amazon Prime subscription, I don't know if you realize this, but we, remember when we couldn't get toilet paper on Amazon for, for during, during COVID? Well, we had a guy who was in the class, and he said that he had previously subscribed to paper towels and toilet paper, and he was getting his deliveries. So Amazon was had, had actually withheld stock and was fulfilling those who had been subscribers to them first before they were trying to do any anything, any fulfillment with other places. And I thought that was just a brilliant part of the story, that if you had been a subscriber, they were, they were holding stock for you. Yeah. It, it, it's like we see these loyalty cards, you know, from your... Delhi, Palm Shop, whatever. The subscription model kind of takes that to another completely different level. And because of the relationship being at the center, that's, that's the new profit for me. And, and you know, I think this is the, the tricky thing to understand, especially being mired in the traditional income statement or cost accounting mentality, is the profit point is different. You're not looking at gross margins, you're looking at customer like money value. And that's what everything is about. So annual recurring revenue, monthly recurring revenue folds up into this customer lifetime value. And you can actually take all your profits and reinvest it in growing your customer base. As long as the bucket's not leaking, that's a very viable strategy. And the market values that tremendously, as we've seen with some of these valuations that um, venture capitalists and others are big on these subscription businesses. I'm just telling you, ooh, well, that's hot. You want to time for me to roll a little bit? Uh, I, I'm doing, going to give you my best Phil Donahue impression. That, 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 will, that will date me significantly, Phil Donahue. Uh, but, so what I'd like to do is, is turn this over to you guys. Um, we, we have to wait for the microphones so that we can capture the video. So questions from anyone? Uh, all right. Thank you, Sean. Hold it. How's this? So, first question, Ron, is for you. You recently did a podcast about how to keep an eye on the numbers, is that correct? Right. Um, and you talked about the need for professional service companies to remember that everything is based on relationships. Um, and I'm not 
wrestling with the dichotomy with these relationships. Those are very difficult to scale, particularly as the early end referred to some services that would be done. Be careful with these after that. As they get deeper and deeper into the organization, they're being called in to truly be business consultants, not just a one slice of pie, I'm very helpful piece of software for fun. And as you build in those relationships, there's a prospect of deeper in the organization. You can only do so many of those as an individual person. You're not necessarily scalable as you transfer from. This is the thing that can solve the fee because I'm stopping those relationships can't get transferred and what they're from people. So I'm just very excited to deal with that as a professional service organization. I can scale another particular way to get by. Yeah, this is a fantastic question. Something that I've been pondering quite a bit because, you know, we've been talking about Thomas Ford's on the show as a direct primary feral position at Detroit, Michigan. And he's got a great saying, and I can't disagree with this. Intimacy doesn't scare You know, we can try and fight it. We can try and work around it. We can try and think that we're going to build up services great by great by great. But that's not really servicing the customer. That's just doing things for them. It's not really serving them. Um, so these intimacy doctors, I think, should have a little, at least they, they want on a scaling issue bucks. A decency doctor will only take 600 patients and move the next out. And then they'll pull out, get into the doctor, and they'll put panic with it slowly. It's a slow growth model. There's no doubt about it. But they'll grow down to four or five hundred. That's exactly what Dr. Paul has done in four years since we've known him. He's added two doctors. He's about to open up a second office and bring on another doctor. He's scaling. It is scaling, but it's slow. Because it is based on that relationship. It's not just based on those one and done services. Yes. You want to, you want to, you want to, you want to, is that the people within the organization build that they have to kind of spread that out of other folks, but at the same time, it's a little side of one-on-one basis. I'm not going to go to the colleges of the month, but I have to do it. Really? Really? So, I mean, we get a relationship, I just said, you know, someone goes to the internet. Yeah, and usually, if you hire McKinsey, you have a, a deep relationship with one of the partners. But I think of these CPC docs have shown them. when they expand their offerings, they might be a chiropractor or some other type of uh, medical person that does different procedures and things. They, they also form connections with the patients. So it doesn't just have to be reliant on one person. Granted, this is a difficult model, but I'll tell you why. It's, Client advisory services, CFO, CAS, that's a different that's a different that's a difficult model to scale because those skills are completely different than predictable, you know, type transaction type work. So I think it's a challenge in a way of business models. Yeah, and one one of the models that I really like is uh, it's it's not only home services, you can change any comments from the 
process training services. This is what they do. What they do is they do anything around that list that you don't want to do. It's you know, they, they check out the car, the copying around the toilets, they change the 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 the, 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 the refrigerator, they change light bulbs, um, all of the stuff that they learn. One thing I, I learned from on this website is you're supposed to drain half a gallon of the water meter every every year. Yeah, I don't even know that. Like that was, was like a thing you're supposed to be doing. So they have all of these things and they earn fifty percent of their revenue from the subscription where you just want to do all the stuff around your house and you the basis. But they, it also is a gatekeeper because what they do is they will also help you put in a pool or build a deck. So and they will serve as the general contractor for that engagement. So I really like this notion of coming up with a monitor of the things that are fully covered. And that's the language we use, covered versus unbuttered. Uh, but in order for us to do a project, to be your project manager, you first have to be on a subscription list on the maintenance So it really kind of flips the narrative. Instead of what we used to do, which is try to get the project and then getting to go on maintenance, it's the thing that we're going to handle the maintenance piece. And only, only, and only then will we then go for trials. Yeah. And what we're going to do is do the lesson or us to the annual litigation pattern, do something more complex than you have to be a subscriber first. Any more questions here? There's going to be a long time because we will just keep talking. That's it. I'm going to go up. So good. Gary got my hand now. Yeah, so I do remember going back to Adrian Arcel, Dave Zelda. Um, he used to talk about uh, 80% of customers who were on the ADP payroll service were dissatisfied, had more dissatisfied state. Right? Because the cost of changing was, or the hassle of changing was worse than the hassle of working with them at the time. So you talk about the Netflix answering people, are you seeing that that fee fatigue, that subscription fatigue, and how how the providers are actually dealing with it today? Or are we just continuing to just suck the money out of the dissatisfied customers? Or are we actually changing our model? Or or what's what's happening? Because we know it's gotta be out Oh, it is. It, um, it, you're right. Subscription fatigue is real. It's more real in the in the uh, business to consumer market than it is in the business to business market. I bet in your fund you have all sorts of subscriptions, different software, different apps, whatever. Um, it doesn't seem to be running in the steam via retail. But the thing that makes this new uh, iterative subscription business model different than the old one. Is every touch point you have the ability to communicate? We used to preach the value guarantee and then say, hey, if you're not satisfied, we pay what you want. The value guarantee in the subscription model is a cancel button. And that shows up on every email, everything in that show. It's very simple. Cancel it, pause it. And I think that friction is and that peace of mind and that convenience for the customer is what's driving people's ability. Subscription because yeah, I've been grabbing for a couple of months and then I'll make it. I'm going to cancel it. I'm not locked into ADP. I can go find somebody else. 
you're still locked into the, the, the product. But we are again up against our break. This we've got to pay the bills here. So I want to remind you all that you can contact me or Ron by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, we have the show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows. We do have that Patreon channel, patreon.com slash TSOE. 99's members, you automatically get that feed. All you have to do is get onto your server and find where the Patreon feed is for the Soul of Enterprise, and you get all of the show notes, it shows commercial free, just like Geraldine Carter did at Smart Strategy for CPAs, or and also Blake Gallo at Earmark CPA. He's a sponsor of our Patreon channel, EarmarkCPE.com. But right now, a word from our sponsors. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we are back on The Soul of Enterprise live at the Meeting of the Minds. Yes. <laughs> Love that energy. Good, 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 good. And uh, Gary, you, you were just, just talking about what we do want to hear a follow-up of this. So you, your business has, is not has been easy, even though you do have easy cancel on easy off. Is that right? Right. We always had the month-to-month, 30 days notice, blah, 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 you're done. Um, just because there's always a transition period. But um, I've had everything from the thank you for your, your loyalty over the years. We hope to have you back to the... Um, well, you've paid so much in advance, so what we can do is we could reduce your service to this level and keep up that deposit over mm. a longer period of time. Right. To, um, I'm sorry, we just renewed you two months ago. You're stuck for the next 10 months. Mm. And, and it's been all over the board in terms of, of, of what people will do. But I think a lot of companies are still... Even in the ERP space, you know, uh, you have a subscription. It's a 36-month subscription pass. You know, either all of it in advance or pay it on an annual basis. basis. Right. Yep. You know, you know, one of the things though that I, I think that that we're learning, and this is how subscription really differentiates from what I used to call access level agreements. 
is what this notion of, of uh, plussing. You know, D Disney uses this term, you know, we have to plus the experience. And Ron and I have latched onto that. And the, the question becomes is, what is it that you're adding on? What are the new things that you're building into the subscription to keep people there? I, I usually use this, this uh, framework. What is your equivalent of the new season of Ozark? Right, you gotta have exactly, which is a great show. Three cheers for Ozark. All right, but but what what keeps you coming back? So what what are the things that you're adding on to your subscription over and above? Because if, if it is a static offering, well, yeah, then they they might not see the value. So I think one of the things that subscription does is it puts us in a position of constantly having to innovate around new offerings that we can create. And what what we've been talking about lately, and this seems to be the the key is offer it only the new things you can come up with to the top level, to the top prospect, to the top, whatever, who is ever in that top tier. And then over time, you roll that stuff down, right? To the second tier, to the third tier, but you're constantly adding new stuff into the top tier first, so that that's creating this additional value and to some degree anticipation of those that are in the lower tiers who maybe not want to support it. And also potentially a reason to shift up. Yeah, the plussing is a really great point. Ed, tell them the iRobot story. Oh, okay. So some of you have heard this already, but it's my, my favorite story to tell. Uh, I, I over just, just before Christmas, subscribed to a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> subscribed to a vacuum cleaner. And uh, th this is a, it's the iRobot from Roomba. So you guys probably heard that. But this one is like the real high-end one that has its own uh, space station that it goes over. You don't have to even empty it because it empties itself into a vacuum bag that you, you take off. Well, this thing is also hooked up to the internet and pretty much tells you everything that it needs to know about itself. Like, you know, how, how far you've covered it. It, it sends you a little gamification request. Like you've covered the, the space of a basketball court. You, we vacuumed the space of a football field, right? So all of these little gamifications badges come up. But what is other also interesting is they will tell you, hey, your bag is getting full. We're sending you a new one. We're sending you a new bag. So when it gets there in the mail, switch it out. And then it's got sensors in it to know, all right, you put the new bag in it, right? And so it does all of this stuff for you. And what I realized, even after I was subscribing to the vacuum cleaner, that I wasn't subscribing to the vacuum cleaner. I was subscribing to clean floors. It was the outcome, once again, that I was subscribing to, not the input, not the vacuum cleaner itself, but the outcome, which I didn't even, as a consumer, realize. And I think this is the other thing that subscription really, really does, is it focuses you on trying to discern what is the outcome that the customer wants? What is that outcome? Yeah, and, and Fender, the guitar manufacturer, they started Fender Play, which is their digital library of like 3,000 videos that teach you how to play the guitar at, at any level from beginning to expert. And what they realized is when, when somebody buys a guitar, 90% of the people play it for a couple months and then give up because it's too damn hard. So the guitar goes under their bed or in their closet they might even give it away to somebody else at some point, which is a, a lost sale to Fender. So they created this, this app, Fender Play, and during COVID, they had something like a million people sign up for it within two months because they gave a free trial because we were all locked in our home and some people wanted to learn how to play a guitar. And what Fender realized is we're not selling guitars, we're selling musicianship. And that's really cool. It is very cool. But, but what, so what's the equivalent of that? They, I mean, I'm not su suggesting that, you know, doing ERP software is as fun as playing the guitar. It's, it's, it's clearly not. Well, for some people, you know.
But, but I do think that there's ways for us to build this plussing in, this gamification stuff in, that really rewards it. The, the, one of the biggest things that surprised me in, in working through the subscription model is how much it changed my perception of project management. Like I changed the way I even thought about it. And I'm, you know, you know me, I, I'm big into waterfall and I taught classes and all of this. And I realized that, and I, I thought for sure that there was no way that you could make agile work in an, in an implementation. But I think you've got to move, you've got to shift to agile when you're trying to do this via subscription. You have to let the customer kind of guide the process as to what's important to them and making some changes. And here's the really cool part is because it's a subscription, you're like, well, we don't have to rush to get this done. We can do what the perception is important to the customer and fulfill their needs earlier on rather than wait around and say, no, you know, we have to do it in this order because I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. You can say, all right, well, we're, we're going to be willing to play with you, play on this a little bit and do things a little bit differently to fulfill what your needs are for the next two weeks or four weeks, however you set the sprint cycle up. So it, and it completely eliminates the idea of change requests. It, it, it goes away. Because what you're do doing now is you're just saying, oh, okay, this is the stuff that's on the punch list. This is the stuff that's urgent. We're going to do th these are the things that's important to you. And we're going to do them in the order that's important to you um, with, with, within reason, right? You can't do anything until you get the chart which counts in. I get it. But, you know, there, there are certain things that you can emphasize for the customer value. Um, and it, I think make a, would make a big, big difference for the customer as well as their acceptance of it because they're seeing value sooner rather than later. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Great. So, you know, in terms of what you were just talking about, um, you're basically freeform adding and rearranging items on the punch list. And that's pretty much how you're working through the, the customer's timing on. That's right. That's right. Prioritization. Are there, so um, could you give us an example of the difference between this approach, how you'd use this approach with, I'm not sure what project it would be, but um, you know, what, uh, what comes to mind in terms of the way you'd run it the old way as opposed to the new way? I just, I just try to give a very simple example, and but, but, but I think it expands beyond this. You know, say, say traditionally the way that you've done it is, you know, you get your chart of accounts in fine, and then the first thing you do is, is run your uh, accounts payable. You want to get the accounts payable. Well, all of a sudden, the, the, the customer says, hey, you know what we've noticed? We've got a real, real bad receivable problem lately. So you just chase and, and shift and say, all right, let's do that next. Now, we would have, that would have driven us crazy in the old way. Right to say that we're partially way through this. No, we we, we can't start and stop. Uh, this would be in the middle of things. But the reality is, is that when it's a subscription, you don't care. I mean, it might be a little bit of a drag, but it, as long as you, and you're making the customer more satisfied because you're dealing with the issue that is of concern to them. Does that make sense? Yes. So, how would you can you run an implementation of a new package, ERP package, with this model? Say that again a little bit louder, Gary. How, how, can, you, can you run an implementation of a new package, say putting in Sage 100, changing out whatever they are, putting Sage 100 onto a new customer? Can you run that implementation using this model? And to, certainly it's a different degree than what you'd had before. Yeah, no, I think you can. And what, what's more is, is as we talk about migrations to any product, it doesn't have to be, but, but, but you, you can just make that part of your subscription. 
Like that's just gonna be part, when they do move to a different product at some point, there's no change for them. It's just, we're, that's, that's what you get for being a part of, 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 of being a member, right? Membership has its privileges. I love the, the old American Express tagline on that, right? So we're just get, getting one. And keep in mind what Ron said. Ron used, used Dr. Paul as the example and said that he, he only has 600 patients. The average GP, general practitioner doctor, has 2,500 patients, which is why you only get five minutes with him or her. And they are mostly doing data entry when they're talking to you. They got their head in the keyboard and they're like typing stuff in. But what Dr. Paul has done is gotten this down to you know, 600 patients and all, his location doesn't have a waiting because he's able to deal with that each individual customer, mm -hmm. right? So it is a significant difference, a decline in perhaps the number of customers that you service, but you're spreading it across a risk pool of, of, of fewer patients, sure. allowing you to spend more time with them, which I think is a good thing. And, and on the one-offs, because that's, that's been the number one question that we probably get. How do you deal with a big installation or for accountants, how do we deal with you know cleaning up somebody's mess in their books or filing ten years worth of tax returns, something like that? There are there are several different strategies to deal with things that aren't necessarily predictable or routine. One of them is just to have an upfront price for it, just that's completely separate from the subscription. Another one is to tie them into a longer term commitment with the subscription which I think violates the very spirit of subscription. Don't do that because cell phone companies do that and we all hate it. Um, a house. Yeah. Uh, now, one thing I did think was interesting is this idea of having a declining price. So you up the monthly subscription and every month it declines until that, that one-off is covered and then it reverts back to normal. I kind of like that. It, it's, it's certainly better than a longer-term commitment, I think. Um, another one is to offer an enterprise choice where you just customize a subscription for this one particular client because they're an outlier. And another one is um, just trusting your value, just doing the work and saying, hey, the lifetime value of the customer is going to more than cover it. We're going to take this risk. It's not much different than going out and spending money trying to get a new customer. Let me, let me add one thing to that declining concept because this, this, this plays on a, a different idea. The other thing that you can do is tie that decline in price to a specific deliverable or completion point, milestone, however you want to call it. And here's the thing. Then it becomes in the interest of the customer to say, yep, we're done. Because we get the, the right, right? right. If, whereas previously, can, can you sign off on this? This is complete. Uh, no, we're not going to get the resistance to the sign off. Now there's incentive structure built in for them to say, "Yep, this is done," and so that they can have that decline in price. So I think that's a real another another interesting flavor that you can go about. The other thing that I think, and, and this deals more with the psychology of subscription, but one of the things I think is really cool about it is it separates the pricing decision from the workflow. Because you're not doing scope, out of scope, have to get a change request, go to the department of paperwork, you know, have the client fill out this and that and ask, have a value conversation, all these things. No, they've made the decision to subscribe to your firm. And now you just need to do the work to keep them happy. Now, sure, you can shuffle around the priority, you can limit the number of projects you do at any one time so they don't consume you know, uh, too much of your resources, but 
you've separated the pricing decision from the work. And that's kind of brilliant if you think about it, because they're not having that cognitive load of thinking, oh my God, is this worth it? And reevaluating the whole relationship. Yeah, it makes a big, big difference, I think, in, in my mind of the customer on that. So, all right, well, we are up against our last break already. I want to remind you, oh, I'm so, yeah, Phil, we'll get to you right after the break. So uh, that you can get a hold of us at asktsoe at verisage.com. Yeah, show notes and full uh, so, uh, previews to upcoming shows are available on thesoulofenterprise.com. Uh, we also are sponsored, as you know, by Sage, which is my employer. So let's hear some commercials from them. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing Hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! Have you listened to so many of my ads that it's corroded your soul? I absolutely have. What if I told you that you could listen to my voice for an entire podcast? I'd say that approximately half of the podcast is actually my voice. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. And I'm Caleb Newquist. We're launching a new podcast called Oh My Fraud. Ron and Ed explore the soul of enterprise. Caleb and I explore fraud, which is more like the herpes of enterprise. Go to wherever you get your podcasts and download Oh, oh my fraud. fraud. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Once again, in lovely Newport, where are we? Newport Beach. Newport Beach, that's what I thought. I was going, okay, <laughs> Newport Beach. I, suddenly it just didn't sound right in my head. Newport Beach, California with the meeting of the minds. Yeah. All right, uh, Phil, you got a question for us. What do you got? Yeah. Um, closer. You've been, been talking about that you make it subscribing to the company, but then you're talking about later adding on things. I'm kind of not clear how you add on to something that's everything. Add on something that's everything. Well, in other words, I mean, if the, if the subscription is to yep. all the services we can provide, 
how do you then do add-ons to that's right so so let me let me so you you could certainly just set up a subscription that is that is all three offerings to include you get everything and maybe change prioritization maybe you get you know a two-day response time a one-day response time something like that that's changed about the process but you can also in the model change what's covered and not covered so while it would be great. We, what we're saying is when you have a subscription offering, there should be a top tier that includes all you can eat. The tiers underneath it may not include everything. Does that make sense? So you might have stuff that you, you, you withdraw. And that's why we want you to, instead of thinking in scope, out of scope, we want you to think covered and not covered for that. And you can pull some of those coverages out. So for example, Ron, why don't you tell the story? You, you were uh, at, at Armanino. They would do... Uh, you would do insurance for uh, in, in ERPs for if, if someone left the organization. Yeah, they had this turnover insurance that was usually put in the middle or the top option that if a key person left, they would come in and they would train a new person, even help you hire a new person and even put, put a person from their firm into that position until you found somebody. And since I was there, they, the trigger had never been pulled, but we sold a ton of that because the, the CIOs, the CFOs were like, this is fantastic. We're covered if there's if we lose somebody. And I would think now with the great resignation, that might even be a bigger issue. And also way more likely to have the trigger pulled. Yeah, true. true. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Maybe that's not you, but, but that's an example of something where that would be included in the top tier and maybe not in your second and third Choices. Does okay. that make sense? But then you were also saying about to add the new things to the top tier first, which brings me back to my original question. How do you have an add-on to something that starts out as unlimited? Have an add-on? Yeah, well, because it may or may not be included in the initial offering. Maybe I'm not understanding your question. So we'll have well, I, guess I, I thought kind of the, the, the point of this, as opposed to like the KTAs we've yep. been talking about previously, was that you're putting up an offering that says, you know, this covers anything that we can do. Right. But that might just be one of the, uh, and you might have an offering that doesn't include everything that's underneath us. So you, that's still- So then how would those things actually differ from, yeah. from the annual agreements that we're doing now that lists here's, I mean, covered, not covered is still scope in scope. Yes, we'd have to probably talk about the specifics of it. So let's we'll we'll take that one offline. Is anybody anybody else got some stuff? Good. Yeah, the challenge I think with this because I this is I've struggled with this too is we're trying to move away from differentiating the options just based on services. And like for example, a DPC doctor, he he really only has maybe two tiers, three tiers depending on age. Um, but as they add new things, they might add pharmacy, they might add diagnostic, a lab, they might add a, a chiropractor to their office. They may make that only available to a certain tier membership, or they may make it available to everybody. The point is, from the patient's perspective, when they see those new services, even if they don't access them or, ever, or use them, it throws a halo over the value of the practice. Oh, wow, I could get genealogy testing or, you know, 23andMe if I wanted to. I don't want to yet, but I might want to in the future. So just like when Amazon Prime dumped all these new shows on us or new 
benefits like music and magazines and reading and all of that, even if we never access it, it's valuable. Yeah, I, I wanted to just give one more example that, that uh, came across my desk earlier this week. And this is uh, from um, Electronic Arts, the, the sports games, sports equipment. So they have decided to no, to not re-up their membership with FIFA, the, the World Soccer Organization, because they were make, making it extremely expensive for them to do. But first note that Electronic Arts makes 71% of its revenue is based on subscription revenue now. Bro, it's not based on game sales anymore. 71% of Electronics Arts is subscription revenue. And one of the things that they're doing as a replacement to this FIFA is this thing called Ultimate Team. And it's, it's a, an Ultimate Team is uh, what happens is each individual player competes for each other building players. So fictitious players that don't exist that, that, that so they can build a player with the, and different, different things. And it goes into the game and plays games and gets experience points and, and all of, all of the stuff that can compete against the, the, the other quote, real players in there. But the, what they're, what people are doing is they're, they're creating these players and then selling them to other players in the game. <laughs> Right. So it's become an, a, an, an exchange unit of the of these. And so that's how they're re replacing this notion of where we don't even have to worry about the real soccer anymore. We instead can sell you this this AI agent to do this. All right. So what's the equivalent in ERP? There's I always find that there's some kind of an analog somewhere. What is it that you can create, whether this is a, a, an offering that is uh, specific to that business or specific to that industry, a package set of reports uh, that, that you know, you've maybe developed for other, other, other customers that you now putting together and now including this for all of your customers or for certain customers in there. So to, leveraging the stuff that you've done in the past as quote one-offs and creating libraries of them to access that other people can access. So I think that's a, like a completely different way of looking at it as well, stuff that we perhaps haven't done before. So in a way, you're becoming a, a, a semi-development organization around the customization area. So, One last point I'd like to make is just this idea of experiences versus transformations. Transformations are the top of the value curve. It's the best thing we can do for our customer because when you transform somebody, you take them from where they are to where they want to be. And when you transform, it's deeply personal and effectual. Think of the, the, the symbols that we have that shows transformations in our life, our wedding rings, our diploma, our CPA certificates, right? These are, these are milestones that changed us, that turned us into a different person somehow. And we professionals have the capability to provide those transformations to our customers in a serial manner. I mean, we can do one after another, where when you look at a product like Ed's vacuum cleaner or Starbucks, how does Starbucks up its game? Now, Howard Schultz has created Starbucks Reserve. I don't know if any of you have seen these outfits, but it's, it's a really high-end Starbucks. He calls it the Willy Wonka of coffee. Um, but he's tied to a physical product, and that's an enormous constraint. We're not. We're not tight. When you provide a transformation, the customer is the product. And that's powerful. You can't do that with a tangible offering.
Yeah, that, that Starbucks Reserve is pretty impressive. They do have one near me in Dallas, and it's, it's, a, it's three different floors, and you have to get navigate your way through. Now, the other thing, but, but regarding that coffee, one of the big uh, subscription places is Au Bon Pain, right, is offering a coffee subscription, unlimited coffee. But what they, what they find is it's not about the coffee, it's about the add-ons once you get in the store, right? So if you, you, they, they, they give, you what, give you the coffee for free, but people come in there, get their free coffee, and then have some breakfast as well. So it's, it, it's, are, there, are there things that you can then create that get people a taste of what you do without buying everything and then create additional offerings? Something that's really you know, a lower price, what's called a, a flanking product, to come in to get people to come on board and then show what else you have to offer. Like if you're really brave, you can subscribe to Taco Bell and get a taco a day. What is it like, ten bucks a month or something? That, yeah. Something yeah, I don't about know that. that. My my bowels would be able to yeah. handle that. Right not, not sitting right. <laughs> Probably not the best thing. Well, well, look at we are our, uh, up against the the Enron. We are coming here to the close of our show. Uh, anything else you want to share with our audience before we take off? No, just thank you, Ninety Minds, for having us. This has been a blast. Thank you very much. All right, as usual, I will see you in 167 hours, Ron. All right. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage. Building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. Catch us next week on our show at 3 p.m. Eastern, that's noon Pacific. In the meantime, please feel free to visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com.